Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Loverbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Brightvision as well as the host of this podcast. Today we have a great guest with us, AJ Wilcox, founder of B2 Linked and an expert on LinkedIn advertising and uh, also a podcast host of the show LinkedIn Ads Show. Uh, as well as sought-after speaker. Maybe you've heard him at conferences like Inbound or Social Media Word, for example. So it's great to have you here. Uh, welcome to the show, AJ. Jacob, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk B2B. Great to have you. And we're really excited to dive into LinkedIn advertising and all the in and outs of that and uh, pick your brain about uh, the best practices around this area. But before we dive into that, maybe you can give us a little bit of background, how you ended up becoming a LinkedIn advertising expert. <laughs> sure. So I started out as an SEO expert. I really loved SEO and search, uh, building websites. That was my passion. And so for about seven years, I called myself an SEO guy. And uh, at my previous employer that I was at in uh, eight years ago or something, I went in on my very first day and laid out my marketing strategies, everything I wanted to do with SEO and display ads and search ads and all of that. And my, my CMO, my new boss said, okay, that sounds great. But just so you know, we started a pilot with LinkedIn ads. So see what you can do with them. And I didn't want to look stupid to my new boss. And so I said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. And I left her office and went, what have I gotten myself into? I've never heard of LinkedIn ads. It must be terrible. But uh, I started investing. And about two weeks later, one of my new sales reps came up to me and said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing over here, but whatever it is, keep it up. We're fighting over your leads. And I went, what are you talking about? I went and looked in our CRM system to see what are these leads he's talking about? And all of them at that point were sourced from LinkedIn ads and it was not the only ads channel I was running. So long story short, I kept scaling that up and up and up until I took it to become LinkedIn's largest spending account worldwide. And after running that for two and a half years, I went, okay, this must not be the only company who needs LinkedIn ads help. And so I started B2Linked and we're an ad agency that only does LinkedIn ads. Wow, that's a great story. So you actually was the biggest LinkedIn account, spending accounts. Globally. Yeah, and, and since then we've gotten to continue managing the largest accounts uh, and kind of grow our portfolio. So um, I, I like to tell people that no one on the planet has spent more on LinkedIn ads than we have. And, uh, <laughs> and we know a lot, but not because we're any smarter than anyone else. We just do a lot of testing. Ah, uh, great. I love that. So yeah, LinkedIn advertising are really taken off last year. So that's a great spot you're in there. And uh, we use it in many campaigns for our digital clients at Brightvision as well. And it's just, it is a great platform. But uh, many companies, prefer, uh, you know, compare to different things where they want to advertise. So maybe we should start out to just if you could describe what the biggest difference is between advertising on, for example, Google Ads and LinkedIn, and, and uh, what's the difference there? 
Yeah. So starting out in search, I loved Google ads because I was capturing intent. Someone would type a keyword and they were telling me exactly what I wanted. And so my hardest thing I had to do was find a way to give them what they were asking for so I could get these very bottom of the funnel leads, people who are ready to talk to sales. But the big challenge there is anyone can type a keyword. Your CEO can type a keyword and your janitor and everyone in between. And so the sales team would report things like, we're not getting great lead quality here. We're not talking to the right people. These people can't afford our product or service. And they constantly ask us as marketers, can we somehow make sure we're only getting a director level or VP level, or can we only be talking to business owners? And that's where LinkedIn really shines. We can, we lose control of targeting people by what they're looking for, that intent. But what we gain is the ability to target the exact right people who would make our ideal customers. And then our challenge becomes, what can we show them to get them interested in having a conversation with us so that we can build a relationship? Yeah, that is a great explanation. So what's the, you know, the pros of that? Do you actually see that LinkedIn generates better leads or is it other leads or what's the difference from lead quality perspective, do you think? It depends on how your sales team uh, talks about lead quality. For some sales teams, quality means someone is ready to buy. And for some, it means that they are the right kind of person. And so LinkedIn's going to give you a, a there's this framework called BANT, B-A-N-T, and it stands for your budget, authority, need, and timing. And, uh, and it's the framework how a lot of sales teams will qualify leads. So um, the budget and the authority, you can target that really well with LinkedIn, but you lose that ability to, uh, to qualify someone by their need. Do they need it? Or is the timing right? Do they need it right now? Um, so if, if the B and the A, the budget and the authority are the most important piece, then yeah, LinkedIn ads is going to be great. Um, if the, the need and the timing are most important, then search channels will win every single time. But of course, I'll caveat that and say neither channel is better than the other. They work so well in concert. They're just very different. A great explanation there. And uh, so if you're a B2B tech company, a marketing manager, as many of our clients are and, and listeners to this show, how should you divide the budget between the different media channels you can advertising? What do you think? Yeah, I love this question. And it's, it's so different for so many companies. Um, the way I would do it is actually by testing into it. Um, because I know there's going to be an ideal amount of search that you can run just to capture the bottom of the funnel, the people who are ready to take action now. And at some point you'll run out of those people. There's only so many people who are ready to buy now. And so if you can max out your search, um, capture you know, near 100% impression share on all of the keywords that convert for you very highly, search becomes very effective and then trying to scale it above that ends up uh, giving you some diminished returns. So I would say any search program, get it to that point where you're capturing the demand as efficiently as possible. And then I would start uh, introducing these social channels like Facebook and LinkedIn to fill the top of the funnel and get the right people uh, and then rely on your search 
and really your Facebook retargeting, uh, you know, Google retargeting and Facebook retargeting are the best channels on the, or, or the best retargeting programs on the planet. And I think everyone should be using those no matter what. Oh, that's a great strategy outline there. So you need to test to see how you should divide your budget uh, then and to see where you get most of the bang for the buck, so to say. Uh, yeah, I think so. And, and with LinkedIn, us. yeah, Sorry. with LinkedIn specifically, we, uh, we suggest, at least if you're targeting North America, try to put at least a budget of $5,000 towards it. Whether you spend that over two days or over six months, it doesn't matter. You want about $5,000 worth of data so that your conversion rates become statistically significant. And once we hit that point, we know with certainty what works and what doesn't work, or at least we're getting a good idea. And that's a good clue to us where we can scale up and where we can cut back and retain efficiency. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear. And you have run most LinkedIn advertising budgets uh, globally, so you, <laughs> you know what you're talking about here. But uh, <clears throat> I have uh, some um, things about best practices and what's most efficient on LinkedIn advertising, so maybe we can talk a little bit about that. So I know many persons wonder if you should buy impressions or clicks. What's your thought about that? Oh, I love this question. So here's the deal. Most platforms, it's, uh, we'd call it a wash between whether you're bidding by CPM or CPC. If you're doing average, uh, the network has already decided what the equivalent of CPM and CPC are. And so it's, you can't make a mistake. You'll pay about the same either way. But with LinkedIn, this is very different. CPC is uh, cheaper about 90% of the time. So even though when LinkedIn starts out a brand new campaign, automatically they will put you onto what they call automated bidding. And automated bidding is like handing them your wallet and saying, take whatever out of it you want. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's CPM bidding that they control and all you do is set a daily budget. So the first thing I would do is change from automated bidding to cost per click bidding. 90% of the time, that's going to be a better uh, a better deal for you, which is very important on a platform that is so expensive. We, we need to save as much as we can to try to be efficient. And I would only bid CPM or automated when I've tested and I know that my click-through rates are exceptionally high. And if you're running sponsored content, which is the newsfeed ad on LinkedIn, that uh, tipping point is about 0.8% click-through rate. So if I'm over 1% click-through rate, I know I can bid CPM and save money, but until I pass that, I'm going to bid CPC and uh, save my save my dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer. Really good uh, for all those who wonder about that. So <clears throat> what do you think is the best way to advertise? Is it sponsored updates or do you see other ways to, to spend wisely on LinkedIn platform? What do you prefer when you set up a campaign for a client? Yes, 95% of the time, I recommend sponsored content as your very first ad format. It's a really nice um, middle ground kind of ad format. It's not the least expensive and it's not the most expensive, um, but it gets a lot of impressions very quickly and a lot of interaction. And I would specifically use just the simplest version, which is a single image uh, sponsored content ad. And that way, if performance is good, um, then you know that this combination of elements, your intro, your image, and your headline were good. And if it's bad, 
you only need to test a couple things. Whereas if you were using, let's say, carousel ads or a video ad, there's a lot more variables in there that you'd have to test to see why performance wasn't good. Mm, yeah, makes sense. Definitely. <clears throat> so uh, go for basic yeah, social updates that is sponsored uh, as a starting point there. I know one question is that the cost per click have gone up quite a lot over the last one and a half, two years on LinkedIn. You can actually pay like, you know, 20 bucks for a click to these days <laughs> or more, <laughs> yeah. uh, as you know. So how much have you paid for a click as the most and is it worth it? <laughs> oh, such a good question. Um, I It's hard to say whether or not it's going to be worth it because we have some clients who when they close business, they only earn $2,500. And we have some clients who close a deal and it's worth multiples of millions. And so if you're going to earn multiples of millions of dollars on closing a customer, absolutely, you know, pay $20 a click. But if you're only earning $2,500, uh, it's, it's going to be really hard to pay that much. So what we like to do to start out with is we bid the very minimum or close to it and just see how much traffic can we get when we're not bidding very high. What's LinkedIn going to give us? And if the traffic acts well, if they, uh, if they convert at a high rate, if they look good quality when they're in our sales funnel, then we go, this is great. This gives us more faith and trust in the platform. Let's keep expanding and keep scaling up. And so I like to tiptoe into it uh, we do have clients who are paying up to uh, $16, $17 a click, but we've spent multiple millions of dollars uh, honing and optimizing, and we didn't pay that much until we knew that we could afford to for all of that traffic. Okay, that's, that's interesting. So another question there I have is, uh, does interaction with sponsored social media updates in, in the feed, so to say, is that driving uh, the cost per click or how does that interact with the sponsored costs? Oh, good question. So for, uh, for about the first four years of when I started my business, this was back in 2014, the costs per click were about the same on LinkedIn. They were always between about six to nine dollars on average. And then just in this last year, they jumped to about uh, a range of about eight to $11. What I took from that, I kept seeing more and more interest around LinkedIn ads and more people investing, but prices were staying about the same. And the reason for that was as I was, um, as I was paying attention to what people were doing on LinkedIn, I would find that the network itself was getting more and more exciting to people organically. They would come and spend more time on the platform. And as they did that, it would create more ad inventory, which kept costs low. So I'm a big fan of the fact that LinkedIn really is uh, more or less a costs are, are more controlled there. Um, of course, they're going to keep rising, but they'll rise a lot, a lot more slowly than something like Facebook or, uh, or I guess Facebook's the best uh, comparison here because um, people are starting to understand the value of LinkedIn organically. They're coming and spending time there. And uh, those like us who are running businesses, we find that when we go and share something on LinkedIn, it's really easy to go viral and get leads there. Whereas if we went and shared the same thing on Facebook, we might get three likes from our grandma. 
<laughs> exactly. Great comment there. So if I put up a post on LinkedIn and sponsor it, I'm hoping to get leads, of course. Will it make any difference if I ask all my colleagues to go in and like it or not? Ooh, uh, it can help. So it's really hard to quantify what social proof does to something. Um, but certainly we find that an ad that has zero likes and zero comments is not going to be as attractive to someone as something that has a, a few of these items seated or it's run for long enough to naturally get some of them. Um, I know one of the big strategies on Facebook for a long time was run an ad specifically for likes and run it in third world countries where the costs are really low to build that social proof up and then target your actual audiences with it after you've given it to the Philippines and India. And uh, on LinkedIn, I don't recommend that. Um, it, it's certainly possible, but I find that the social proof on LinkedIn doesn't matter as much as it does on other networks. But certainly anything you have that can sweeten the deal for uh, for your potential customers and make the ad look better, even things like making sure you've got uh, as many company page followers as you can, all of those little things can help. We just don't know how much they help. Yeah. Another rumor I heard uh, a consultant uh, or, you know, uh, as you said, one of those things that people might have discovered can impact, but not sure of course is that if you go out quite hard with an ad and and you know sponsor it quite aggressively in the first few days in order to get more views quickly that ad can actually perform better than if you go out and do it very quiet and and you know carefully from the beginning and is that something you've seen as a tactic that might be working or is it on the opposite it's a tactic that i've used quite a bit in the in the past and i uh, I used to recommend it. I don't recommend it anymore. I think it is sound advice um, for training the algorithm. And the reason why it works is all these other networks, especially Google and, and Facebook, they take a long time to figure out what your quality score or relevant score should be. So there's always this, like your ads and campaigns are in limbo while it figures these things out. And LinkedIn's the same way, except it's a lot simpler in the way that it, it figures out what your relevancy score is. And because it's simpler, it takes less time. So what I've found is every so often, if I launch an ad and it doesn't get good interaction, it will die. It, it will be uh, active, but not get any impressions. And that's the risk. If you launch with really low bids, that's the risk is it gets um, a bad relevancy score and then LinkedIn decides it's not worth showing. But more often than not, LinkedIn will show it for 1,000 or 1,500 impressions. It will get at least some, um, you know, some likes, uh, a comment, and a few clicks. And that's all it needs to do to decide whether or not it's a good ad that's worth continuing to run. So I would say if you go and spend $15 a click for the first few days and you're paying two or three times more per click than you really should be. Yeah, you can let the ad get a head start, but if you were paying $5 a click for it and chances are it's going to go okay and it will eventually earn its own relevancy score, then I think you're a, it's a lot easier to make the case to our clients that we're being efficient with their dollars. So uh, I know LinkedIn actively recommends spending really high out of the gate, but honestly, I think that's 
not great advice. I think that's advice that gets them paid a lot of money though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. That would save us money. <laughs> Good. Uh, another thing that is uh, also maybe kind of different rumors uh, and ideas around is how often should you update or change an ad with a new graphic or, you know, new content? How, what, what do you think is best practice around that? For how long or how many impressions or whatever you measure it in, should you run an ad? Oh, it's such an important question, especially because if you've had any uh, success with Facebook ads, you know that your ads will saturate an audience very quickly. Facebook will keep showing these ads to people. And at the same time, people spend a lot of time on Facebook. You know, they're there for 30 minutes a day on average. So Facebook advertisers are finding that they have to refresh their ad creative once a week or sometimes even more often just to keep them relevant and keep performance high. At the same time, LinkedIn isn't really the network that most people come and spend a lot of time on. The average user spends about 17 uh, minutes per month on it, or maybe it's per week. But either way, even if the, the same person saw your ad every time they logged in, you know, they, they'll log in an average of three or four times a month, it's going to take a while for them to get sick of your ads. So what we find is we can run the same ad creative for 27 to 33 days, somewhere in that range, before performance starts to degrade. Um, so for our clients, we like to just say, we're going to refresh ads on a monthly basis. We just put it on the calendar. And if something's wrong, if, if an ad isn't performing well, we can change it up mid-cycle. But I would say um, plan on, on changing things up about once per month. That's great. Do you see any difference in video uh, compared to static graphic? Yeah, video is just a lot more risky. Um, on uh, By default, you're going to pay by the two-second view of video, which, I mean, someone seeing two seconds in their feed is just passively scrolling. That That's tough to pay by that and have no idea if they actually watched any of your video. Um, paying by the impression is, like we've talked about, really expensive. And there's also no retargeting with LinkedIn video ads like there is on, on Facebook or YouTube, at least not yet. We're, we're hearing October, this should be out for everyone. But because of that, uh, I like to start low risk first and then test into video. So start with static and once you know performance is great or if you have really good video creative that works on other channels, then come and test it on LinkedIn. Another area that's coming in the last year, um becoming better and better is uh, the account-based marketing functionality. So what do you use it a lot and what's your best practices around that? Yes, I love how good LinkedIn is at reaching companies by name. Um, th this is something, you know, account-based marketing or ABM is starting to get really hot. A lot of marketers know about it, but LinkedIn has had this capability since 2007 to target specific companies by name and they just keep getting better. It used to be that you would have to manually type in a hundred different, up to a hundred company names in a campaign. And so for me, and this is something I've done many times, I built a, an audience of the fortune 500 in a client's account. And so that meant I had to type a hundred names of companies, save it, open up a new campaign, type the next hundred, save it. Uh, <laughs> so that was how we used to do it. Now you can take a list of company names in an Excel sheet 
and upload up to 300,000 at a time to LinkedIn and then apply that as a segment on any of their other targeting. So account-based marketing, uh, if you're doing any of it, um, this is the ability to make sure that your ads are being shown only to the companies that, it, you know, if you landed them, these would be case studies. You'd put their logo on your website. These are the biggest deals. Uh, and you have tight control over this with LinkedIn that you really can't get anywhere else. Yeah, it's a fantastic functionality. So I suppose you do a lot of ABM campaigns for your clients there. Uh, interesting. Oh, yes. Do you combine ABM with the geotargeting or other kind of filters or what's your take on that? Most of the time when we're doing ABM, we don't care about geography. Uh, if you're targeting multinationals, I, I could see why you might want to. Um, but most of the time, uh, the things that we want to layer on to company names are, we don't use job title very often because LinkedIn only understands about 30% of job titles. So we'll layer on more broad things like department and their level of seniority or maybe skills that they have with seniority. And that way, if we're trying to reach uh, IT decision makers, we can do IT job function, seniority of manager and above, and uh, at that list of companies. And that's generally enough to make sure that we're hitting exactly the right people. Mm, good tip there. Really good. What do you think are the most common mistakes marketeers do when they set up their LinkedIn campaigns, would you say? Yeah, I think the biggest mistakes are taking LinkedIn's advice <laughs> on uh, pretty much anything that you do. Uh, if you start a new campaign, um, there are a few settings that come by default that you'll want to change. The first one is there's a box called audience expansion and audience expansion is, is like a lookalike audience that you have no insight into and you can't tell how the performance is different from your original audience. And if we're paying LinkedIn these crazy high prices for access to their audience, I would much rather be very explicit about who I want to see my ad and not leave it up to chance and have them showing ads to you know really anyone. So uh, that's first thing I would change. The second thing I'd change is exactly what we talked about earlier. You go down to where the bidding and budgeting section is and you change from automated bidding, which is cost per thousand impression bidding to cost per click and start by bidding low, not high like LinkedIn says. If you do those two things, you'll take care of the vast majority of the mistakes that marketers make. Um, I see a lot of companies who go in and they say, hey, I'm going to, to just start a little campaign and test and see if LinkedIn's good for us. And they end up making these mistakes where their audience is being polluted and they're paying too much for access to them. And of course their data looks bad. And of course they're gonna say, oh, LinkedIn ads is not a good channel for us, we should quit. So go in intelligently, uh, conservatively and test. And if things look good, you can always expand. I wouldn't go the other way. So great to hear. I uh, know that LinkedIn have uh, made some uh, announcements that they will probably, you know, offer more uh, story similar things like Instagram in the in the fall or new features and so on. What, what do you think are the most important trends for LinkedIn to keep you updated about? Uh, where do you see it going? Well, there are some table stakes that I think LinkedIn doesn't have that other platforms do. Um, so they could continue to chase these new trends, trying to copy 
features of other modern social like stories. And I think that's great. Um, but what I would sure like is I know engagement retargeting is coming, but I would sure like engagement retargeting where we can retarget people who watched a certain percentage of video or retarget people who opened a lead form on LinkedIn, but didn't fill it out. Those types of things. I would sure love it if we could uh, use a time zone that is not um, universal time, uh, you know, GMT. Everything on LinkedIn ads is, is built right into GMT. And I don't like that. Um, we can't currently target by device. So we can't segment mobile users to a, a different ad and desktop to another. So I, w I would sure ask that they fix the table stakes, even day parting, scheduling, things like that first. And then, great, go ahead and adopt every other cool feature that everyone else is doing. But I don't see them making nearly as much of a difference for marketers as just making sure that, that your platform is uh, as solid as all the other ones that marketers are used to running. Yeah, I suppose that's a great request to LinkedIn there. <laughs> I suppose you you might be a, a voice they will listen to since you're the biggest uh, spender. <laughs> I hope uh, so. I give them this feedback quite often, but uh, yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't always get taken. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, closing question there for for uh, tactical things and so on is: um, Does it make any difference if you, for example, publish with a Hootsuite or you know? run your campaigns via social media management tool or should you do it natively in the in the linkedin ad manager what do you think Ooh, um most tools out there don't do a great job of mimicking all of the the functionality you can get right within campaign manager so i would recommend building everything within campaign manager that being said uh, i know hubspot has a an ad building tool that's pretty good and there's big benefits there, like if every ad you create is automatically tagged by HubSpot uniquely, and then any lead that comes from that is associated all the way through your sales process, and you can see reports based off of ROI without having to marry up spend data from LinkedIn and then CRM data for your performance. Um, things like functionality like that makes a lot of sense, but I would say most marketers should probably start in Campaign Manager and test into those other tools uh, as they hear whether they're getting better. Yeah, standard tip there, do it in LinkedIn Adminger directly. <laughs> yeah, I manager. think so. <laughs> yeah, good. It's so good to talk to you, AJ. You have so much to, to offer here and we could probably go on for another hour here, but um, <laughs> I won't take more of your time. So. But I know a lot of our listeners will appreciate to, to read more about your content and so on, so, um, and yourself and your uh, company. So where can we send them? Where can they find more about you and your thoughts about this? Great. Well, thanks for that. Um, I'm really easy to get a hold of. If you go to our website, b2linked.com, the letter B, the number two, and then the word linked.com, fill out the form on any of those pages and you won't go to a sales rep and you won't get put on our newsletter. It goes directly to my inbox and I'm not a sales guy. So feel free to, to reach out and ask any questions. Oh, that's perfect. And uh, of course, we have to recommend your own podcast show there as well. So I know I have a lot of interesting uh, topics and guests for all of you who like to know more about LinkedIn advertising. So with that said, Thanks so much, AJ, for your time and your recommendations, insights, tips, and best practices you have shared so generously with us here today. So thank you so much. 
Thank you, Jacob. This has been a pleasure being on here and have me back anytime you want to keep going. Uh, this is a fun subject for me to dive into. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for that, AJ. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening in. I hope you have a great day and uh, talk to you soon, hopefully. Bye. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.